Now, a review of Amy, which is uh, the highest-grossing documentary in UK history, I think surpassing uh, Fahrenheit 9-11. Interesting, Michael Moore's new film, which is uh, Which Country Shall We Invade Next, has been given an R rating in America, much like 90, uh, Fahrenheit 9-11 did for no good reason, <coughs> other than to ensure that uh, no one under the age of uh, 17 can see it without their parents. Uh, Amy Winehouse, Amy Jade Winehouse, was born in Southgate in London in 1983 and tragically died age 27, part of the 27 Club, uh, 23rd of July 2011, from alcohol poisoning. By that stage, she'd been clean from drugs for some time, uh, but had substituted the drugs for alcohol. And the fact that she was also, uh, which seems more and more uh, relevant to her story, from teenage years, a bulimic, uh, which had a great deal of effect on her body's capacity to deal with her uh, colossal intake of either drugs or alcohol. Um, the documentary director, Asif Kapadia, has uh, made a film called Amy. Uh, his last documentary was Senna in 2010, which was regarded as uh, probably the best documentary that came out that year uh, and, and is regarded as a masterpiece. This time around, he's gone for a much uh, a smaller canvas and a much more um, indicative style by using her voice mainly as a, as a narrative. So he goes all the way. But the first scene we see is her 14 years old singing Happy Birthday. And it's it's um, the entire film has no narrative voice. It's all her voice and her friend's voice. Sometimes reminiscing, oftentimes caught on candy cameras as they followed her around. All personal. Uh, sometimes she's in public, and it's it's the view from those friends that have got a little video camera with them, uh, looking at what's going on. Uh, and it's a chronological story. Um, and it is a fascinating one as well. It's also incredibly heartbreaking to watch. It is awful. You see her um, at the start. She's this very feisty, sexy uh, woman with a great deal of bravado. So much so you don't even know where she gets it from. She was a, a Jewish girl growing up in, in North London that just happened to have a voice, which I never really respected that much. But when you watch the film... Almost all of the music is her just sing singing with a guitar, just strumming a guitar and singing. And uh, it's those moments that really do make you respect the fact that she did have a very potent voice. And the other thing is when you compare her to a lot of the other female singer-songwriters that have come since, she sat down with a notepad and pen and wrote all of those songs. And she played them all on the guitar. So it's all her music. And she was very particular about what she would allow herself to sing and she was very particular like now even people like Adele they use a lot of writers uh, almost all of the singers now use writers uh, to write their music and they may well change um, I think what's the term change the word get a third is a, is a famous term now where someone like uh, Katy Perry say for instance can change one word in the song and be listed as a co-writer so you don't know that they're not writing anything at all on their albums so those two things are hugely impressive. Um, the story itself is also fascinating because there's a fatalism to it as well. Um, she says early on in it that she couldn't imagine being famous. She thinks it would drive her insane and kill her, which is a little bit too prescient. Um, it's, it's interesting. It follows her from her first sort of um, baby steps at um, Island Records and singing for the head honcho of Island Records and 
the odd show where she'd be on a TV program or something like that where people would just be blown away. But still, the success itself was a very unusual thing for her to grapple with, and uh, it was obviously taking its toll on her. Uh, one thing that really struck out to me, and she even says it ex- explicitly, her father left when he, she was nine years old, and her father doesn't come across well in this documentary. He comes across as someone that's very selfish, has had a very negative impact on her life, and also somebody that tried their best to make as much money out of her as possible. He's actually making a rival documentary to try and debunk this. He's come out massively against this documentary. They themselves have fought back and said, we interviewed hundreds of people and this is the story and the way you're portrayed is, is the correct way. You get that feeling watching him. He doesn't strike a, a sympathetic tone at all. But when he, uh, Amy was talking about her childhood, she says he was just never there. Uh, just never there, never there for anything, never there at night. And he admits to having a, a an affair for about eight years before leaving. So he was often not at home at night, and, and then he left. And um, from that point on, Amy was apparently uh, very, very reckless and would do whatever she wanted. But the thing that really comes through is that she actually says, all I wanted was somebody to tell me what to do. All I wanted was someone to be there and to care enough to tell me not to do things. And no one ever did. And if you look at the tragedy of her life all the way through, it does seem to be one of the biggest crutches that she had to bear was the fact that even when she was famous, she was desperate for someone to care enough just to tell her, tell her not to do it. And a couple of times her dad comes up, like when she's almost pressured into going into rehab she leaves it up to her dad and her dad says no she's fine she doesn't have to go and she's got all these tour dates and those moments do get your blood boiling just a tad and there's a real tragic uh, connotation to that as well it does seem all of her music virtually every song she wrote was about her utter destruction and dissatisfaction and heartache at the at, at the hands of men and men letting her down continually. And as she becomes more and more famous, she also starts sliding further and further into drugs. She was admitted uh, as a heavy uh, pot smoker and a heavy drinker. But when she got together with uh, Blake, who was her husband for a few years before, and also they were both having an affair with each other, but they became inseparable. And unfortunately, they both became massive enablers of doing things like crack cocaine. And he desperately feels like the worst person in the world to be with her, as they both did terrible stuff together. And the only way he got out of that situation was uh, after he uh, beat up a pub landlord, he tried to buy him off, and he actually ended up uh, doing about a year in jail because he'd committed um, perverting the course of justice. And during that time, they actually split up. um, But her behaviour got worse and worse and worse. And obviously, once you follow the movie through to the end, You know what's coming, but watching somebody go from when she's a little bit bigger, she's really cute and she's really sexy, and and towards the end, all of those things, she's wasting away and her eyes are gone, and it's not very nice to watch. And I did, I always have this feeling that, like some people say you can't put someone in rehab, you can't force someone to look after themselves, you can't force people to do things, but I just have a massive problem with the recording music industry. Everyone around her carried on making money off of her and made decisions that carried on making money off of her. 
and no one really seemed to look after her at all. It was obvious that she was in a terrible place and she obviously ended up uh, dying and, uh, and being found by her bodyguard um, and it just seems like there wasn't really anyone there for her. Um, as a documentary, it's a really interesting way of, of making a movie, actually putting something together that's all live footage, that's all uh, people talking about her, often in the first term, like first uh, time it happened. So not with an idea that one day it was ever going to end up in a documentary. Sometimes it's people looking back. But mainly it's just uh, conversations that people were having and accidentally recording. And she really strikes out as somebody that has something magical about them. She could be brutal, really, really, really brutal, but she was also very, very charismatic as well. And she seemed desperately to, to need things, but not quite ever getting them and not quite understanding what those things were. Um, the, the, if there are any flaws with this uh, documentary, I would say using that sort of found footage, it does make it all one note. Uh, and with no narrative guidance from anyone else, it does, if it wasn't for her physical appearance changing, there would be a broadly similar feeling to throughout. And I watched Cartel Land earlier in the year, and that's still my favourite documentary of the year. And that uses a similar sort of thing, even though they deliberately filmed a lot of it. But because they've got the, some of the best cinematography I've ever seen in a documentary, and some of the most dramatic sequences, they kind of get away with it a lot more. Whereas this one, I guess it's it's almost cyclical and it's it's broadly similar. There's not a lot of um, different sort of shades to it, um, and there's also you, you you like with Cartel Land, you're left to make up your own insights, which that it, it has pluses and minuses. But it is an amazingly powerful documentary, uh, and if you are a fan of her, you're probably feel enriched by watching it because you get inside her head so much and that's the other thing i'd say about it i've never it's so intimate i don't think i've watched a documentary where you're so much inside someone's head but by the halfway stage when things start spiraling out of control her input falls back and you're left to sort of become one of the spectators of it happening with most of the input coming from those around her so you don't get inside her head that much when things are going horribly wrong and she's performing at stadiums and walking on stage and just not even bothering to open her mouth and then just walking off again towards the end. And that, it's, it's all pretty upsetting to watch, but it's a very powerful documentary. I would give it eight and a half out of ten. And that's um, as a non-fan or as someone that wasn't particularly a fan, it was just fascinating watching her and, and, and seeing that she was an otherworldly person as well. And it certainly did have a quite astonishing voice and was a precursor to just about everyone else and everyone else including Adele feels so much safer she did have that spark of danger about her <laughs>